Search family today. Albert is uh, is here. He is feeling uh, well enough. Yeah, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Feeling well enough to uh, to come and present the message this morning about the joy we find in our Messiah, uh, which is going to be great. A couple of things before Albert comes up here. First, let me just remind you uh, to pick up your First Corinthians journal and back as you head out and be reading through First Corinthians and uh, sending. Uh, me any questions you have as you read through First Corinthians, we will be starting to walk through First Corinthians on January third, and then I ha- I have a huge praise this morning. Um, somebody already made the comment, Pastor. You look like you're about to fall asleep as you're walking across the. <laughs> there's there's a reason for that. Uh, this last week I was uh, formatting and editing and putting the finishing touches on um, my second big paper that I have written for school. So, church family, I want to thank you. Can't uh, I can't I can't earn this PhD without your support. So, uh, thank you. And then, if you uh, stick around after this, after baptism today, um, because I didn't have time to prepare for Revelation, I'll be presenting you the main idea of this paper, which applies to the book of Revelation anyway. So, without further ado, Albert, please come and present the Word of God to us. Oh, yeah, there'll be a copy in the library. Albert, please. There's a lot up in the ground. Good morning. Before I start, on behalf of Kathy, I want to thank all you for your prayers through this last uh, rough patch that we've gone through. For those of you who brought food to the house, thank you. It was appreciated more than than you could ever understand. At the end of January, I believe, Kathy will be going in and have parting for colon removed, which is probably a greater operation than I went through. God is good. The book of Job was written about pain and suffering and you read the book and you labor through it and when you get to the end you still don't know why (laughs) we still don't know why we experience pain and suffering except Job says two things that are really he says I know that my redeemer liveth and he shall stand on the latter day upon the earth And though my reins be consumed within me, yet with my eyes I shall seek him, and not those eyes of another. That is one of the greatest, to my mind, confessions of faith in Scripture. And the other one was, if he kills me, I will still trust him. Trusting God when the goose is high is is relatively easy. When things are going our way. You know, God is good, yeah. But when you're beat down, God is still good. Paul says that it'd be better for him to depart and be with the Lord. But for your sake, he said he would stick around. Now, I don't know if I'm going to be of any help to you as I stick around. But it would be better for me to go and be with the Lord. I'm not sure Kathy, though, would 
It's for her sake and not for mine. But we'll let the Lord decide because I think he knows more about what's good for us than we do. Although sometimes I like to give him a a little nudge so that he fully understands what the situation is. <laughs> which reminds me which reminds me of the expression don't teach your grandma how to suck eggs. <clears throat> this morning we're going to be in um, Philippians. If you've read the book of Philippians, oh, before we before we start, I noticed that in our hymnal next to the the last hymn we had, it has uh, Jesus, Son of God, the birth of Christ, Matthew one eighteen through twenty five and two one through twelve. It's in the hymnal. I I found that very very interesting. Philippians, if you study Philippians is a book of of joy and we will be in the second the second chapter of Philippians the incarnation of Jesus Christ we all know the Christmas story about how the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary and she conceived and had Christ in her womb she was probably a young woman. The, the Jews have still have a tradition. They have bar mitzvah for boys when they're 14, bat mitzvah for, for girls. So when a girl becomes 14, she's considered to be a woman. She, she gets the bat mitzvah, goes through the ceremony. We, our ceremony is probably graduating from high school. And I think legally, when you're 18, over 18, you're considered to be an adult. You can enter into contracts, the whole, the whole nine yards of an adult. Mary was probably a, a, a young a young girl, 16, 17, we don't know. Scripture doesn't tell us. We get laughed at sometimes by the outside world about a virgin birth. You know, they go, oh, yeah, yeah. You sure there wasn't a Roman soldier involved in there somewhere, you know? They miss, they miss the real beauty and, and majesty and all inspiring. Almighty God became a human being. We sometimes don't think much because we think we human beings. We are the crown of creation. We think. We, we're created in God's image. The gulf between us and God is greater than the gulf between us and any created being, including the ants and the slime on the, on the bottom of the ocean. The majesty and glory of God far exceeds anything as humans have been blessed with. Jesus came to earth in the human form. Can you imagine if he had come with the glory he had with the Father? Who could listen to him? Who could look at him? Who could see him? He set that aside. He is and always has been God. He became a human being in the womb of Mary, and he will be a human being for the rest of eternity. We know the Christmas story, and it's beautiful. In Philippians, we read verses 1 through 11, and we will concentrate more on 5 through 11. It says, I'll be reading out of the... English English Standard Version. 
I almost said the real version, but that's the King James Version. So I heard it said, somebody asked the pastor, what, what version of the Bible should I, should I own? And he says, the one you'll read. So we read, Christ's example of humility. So there is, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love and participation in the Spirit, any affliction, affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. This is Paul writing to the church at Philippians. This letter is to the, to the church, it's not to the world. And by extension, it's, it's to us. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also the interest of others. Have this mind among yourself, which was yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Philippians 2, 5 through 11 is, is known as the kenosis, which comes from the Greek term which is kino, K-E-N-O. I don't know Greek, so if I mispronounce it and you know Greek, I apologize. It means to empty or to make of no, of, of no effect. Jesus made himself of no reputation. Jesus became a man of a certain height, certain color of hair, certain color of eyes, weighed so much. Scripture says that he went back after he was in the temple when he was 12 and obeyed his mother and father, and he grew in statute and in favor with both God and man. He developed the same way all children develop. He learned to walk. He learned to talk at his mother's knee. He learned right from wrong, and yet he was still God. I've often wondered when he's in the womb, he's an embryo in the, in the womb of a little girl. <clears throat> Who's running the world? His word, he says, holds things together. He holds things. And I got to thinking, my God's too small if I worry about things like that. I need a bigger God. Well, God's no bigger, but my concept of God needs to grow. You know, there's someone that once asked Martin Luther what God was doing before he created the world. And he says he was out cutting switches for people like you who ask stupid questions. <laughs> I've, I've often thought of that when I think of things like this. You know, it's, you know, he owes all things, but he's in there. What's he thinking about? <laughs> I, I have some weird thoughts sometimes. If the Father and the Son know everything, what do they talk about? It's, you know, it's, uh, we try, or I try, I don't know about you, try to bring him down to my level, and I can't. You know, I, it's, it's, he's holy other. <laughs> the one thing that jumps out at me when I read this is have the mind of Christ. 
in your service to the church, have the mind of Christ. I cannot have the mind of Christ. You say, for Marx, you can't. Only Christ has the mind of Christ. We can have the mind of Christ how? Through the Holy Spirit. We say, gee, I want more of the Holy Spirit. Mm, The question is not how much I have of the Holy Spirit. The question is how much of me does he have? There's the rub. Have you ever told God how to do something? Because this is the way it should be done. If you give me this, then I can do this. He says, have the mind of Christ. I can't. The Holy Spirit can. Let me ask you something. Has the Lord God ever asked you to do anything to which he has not provided the means to do that thing? Can you think of anything? Then if he commands you to have the mind of Christ, it must be possible to have the mind of Christ. Otherwise, he wouldn't command it. Why is there so much drama in churches? Why is there such gossip? I have a couple reasons, I think. One is, if I judge myself by you, I can find somebody that's doing something that they probably shouldn't be engaged in. And so I'm better than you because I do not do fill in the blank. The other one is as long as I can keep the spotlight on you, I don't have to look at me. So I can pick at the spider, the spider, excuse me, the splinter in your eye and get my friends to do the same and we can ignore that beam that's in mine. And so we cause trauma in the church and what does Christ say? You split the body of Christ because of your pride. You split the body of Christ because you have a need to be right. You cause dissension within the body of Christ because you want to feel important. All of us want to feel important. Let's not kid ourselves. Let's not lie to each other. Now, the circle of where we want to be important may be small. We don't want to, I'm not sure any of us want to be president or anything of that nature, but we want to be well thought of. Follow Christ, who being God, set that aside, came to earth, and walked as a human being. who suffered at the hands of his creation. Think of that. The Jewish people who he chose ran a kangaroo court and condemned him. If you ever said anything about the Jewish Jewish legal system, they didn't meet at night, the Sanhedrin. They met through the day where anybody could could, could see what's going on. But scripture says they did it at night. They set aside their their tradition, their honored way of doing justice to nail Christ to the cross. And the Romans who made a desolate and called it peace 
hung him up. But you know what? None of them took his life. He gave it freely. Do you think it was idle when he said to the disciples, if I were to ask the Father, he would give me legions of angels now? Do you think that was just an idle boast? No, I think he could have called down legions of angels, and it had been over for the Roman Empire and the Jews. But he didn't. Because of obedience to the Father. The blood of Christ is for the Father. The Father required it. And number one in Christ's life has always been the Father's will. Second has been us. And he has been third. Almighty God who called the universe into existence knelt at the feet of his disciples and washed their feet. Back in those days, they didn't have showers in the house like we do. They had a a communal um, shower. (laughs) When I served Knuckles Ham's finest in Japan, it it took me a little while to get used to going to the public baths because men and women bathed together. It's kind of strange. It was a beautiful bath because you'd go from warm to warmer to warmer to hot to hot to hottest couldn't go into the hot straight away but then when you got through you're clean so that's what the disciples probably were they probably were at the bath before they went to the 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 uh, i was going to say the lord's supper the lord's supper the passover but then when they got out of the bath to walk back to the wherever they were having their meal they would pick up dust off the street because they wore sandals so when they got to wherever they were going to celebrate they were clean except for their feet The lowest slave or servant in the house's duty was to wash the feet. No self-respecting slave would wash feet if he didn't have to. It was the lowest of the low. We serve a God who stoops to conquer. Remember this. He stoops. He comes down to our level and raises us up to his We cannot attain to him. He must come to us. He must. There is no other way. And when Christ walked the earth, there was no plan B. Christ says, have this mind in yourself as you serve each other. Don't think you're better than somebody else. If I die today, I think the sun would come up tomorrow, don't you? I can remember at work would say, when I retire, <clears throat> within a week or maybe less, they would say, do you remember Albert? Who? Remember him? He sat over there. Oh, yeah, I wonder what ever happened to him. Very few people remember what happened to us, but God knows. We're important to Christ. He chose that we'd be important to him. Excuse me. I'm speaking today, and I hope you don't mind. I'm taking some of the thoughts from Dr. David Jeremiah. I don't know if you know Dr. 
David Jeremiah. I enjoy his writings. There are a few authors I like David Jeremiah because he's very down to earth, simple reading, and explains anything that happens to be difficult to understand. And we talk about the reasons for Christian unity, which is what Christ wanted. He said, I want them to be one as we are one, Father. Look at the church today. Look at the church. How many different denominations are there? How much hatred is there within the Christian church? How much misunderstanding? How much of, oh, you're wrong and I'm right? Either it's my way or you're going to hell. You don't have the true gospel. Man-made. Pride. It is pride. In verse 1, we read, if there's any consolation in Christ, the word consolation is paraclesis, if I said that correctly. It's from the same word family as paraclesis, which is the word used for the Holy Spirit in the Gospel of John. We are to help each other, be helper, comfort each other, rejoice with each other when we cry with each other. Unconditional love is what Christ offers us, and we are to offer each other the same thing. I don't care what you did, who you did it with, or when you did it. When I look at my life and when I look at my own heart, I don't despair of any other human being because within me is a great evil that is only controlled by Almighty God, Jesus Christ. I cannot control. Kathy will tell you this. I'm very negative, and it brings her down. And she, I've been trying to overcome this. I can't, but I ask Christ, and he says, In time, time. My grace is there. Put your head against that wall a couple more times because you haven't learned yet, boy. God is good. We are to love each other as Jesus loved us. Who set aside his prerogative, his right. Because of his love for us. Or to encourage each other. Don't call a man a failure just because he failed. We all fail at one thing or another. Gentlemen, look back. Ladies, too. If you look back on your life, what, what sticks in your mind? Where you failed? Or where, where you wouldn't take the chance for fear that you would fail so you never tried the thing? That's what's in my mind. I never tried the thing. I was afraid of failure. That doesn't rankle with me anymore because Jesus is taking care of that. But don't call a person a failure just because they fail. Don't look at someone and think that you're better than they are. Do you know that it is possible that a drunk lying in the gutter today is closer to Christ than you and I because they have a need and we don't have that need? We need Jesus. When we reach the point where we don't need him, God help us.
We need encouragement. And we need compassion. Compassion starts in the heart. And it works its way out. In deeds. Didn't scripture say that there are good deeds that the Lord God prepared before for us to do? When you see that someone needs a helping hand or someone needs a little little comfort, that could be one of the good deeds that the Father has been set from eternity past for you to do. Do it. When I was thinking about thinking more yourself than other people, having contempt for other people, what went through my mind was passing the scripture where Christ said, if you go to offer your gift before the Lord and remember that your brother has ought against you, go make it right with your brother, then come back and offer the sacrifice. I wonder what, what you know, what, what, what is it, what, what do you mean? If you come to church to worship, and you remember, the Lord brings to remember some slight. Go to the brother and make it right. Don't worship God when your brother has something against you. He doesn't want to hear from you. He wants you to go make it right with your brother. You notice that he didn't say, if you have ought against your brother. Why not? Because you're not permitted to have ought against your brother. That's why. It's not brain surgery. You have no right to carry a grudge against another Christian or another human being. God doesn't hold it against you. And what did he say? Do you think those are idle words? Forgive us our trespasses. Just exactly the same way as we forgive those who trespass against us. Does God ever issue an idle word just to be talking like some of us do from time to time? He means what he says and he says what he means. And it's easy to understand. To understand. What he says is simple when you think about it, but it is extremely difficult. But it's not complicated. Do unto others as I have done to you. In order to have unity in a church, we need harmony. We need humility. And we need helpfulness. It doesn't mean that when someone is off the rail, we can't bring to their attention. It is our duty to bring to attention of someone who is taken in a sin. I take that to mean someone who is taken in a sin, who doesn't understand that what they are doing may not be glorifying Christ. 
someone who may cheat on their taxes and they brag about it. That's sin. It's wrong. God told you, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. If you can't render Caesar the things that are Caesar, how are you going to render to God the things that are God? Because the things that you render to God are much more important than the things you render to Caesar. Of course we can bring that to our We can't judge them, though, for that. We can judge the action, but not the person. Does that make sense? What you're doing is wrong. But what you're doing, the blood of Calvary covers. And it's easy to really fight. I know when I have repented from a sin. You know how I know that I repented from a sin? I stopped doing it. Until then, I haven't repented. I'm sorry that I got caught. (laughs) And I've often wondered sometimes, gee, I'm sorry I did that. Am I sorry I did it? In my soul is is my spirit wounded because I did that, because I harmed another human being, or because I look silly or... We're not saintly in front of the brotherhood. We are to love each other as Christ loved us. We are to love the body more than we love ourselves. Look around you. You want to see the body of Christ? Look around. Here it is. This is it. Now there are other, the body of church in that all believers who have ever lived for eternity past and eternity, well, not, but you know what I'm saying about since creation. And when Christ comes again, the body of Christ. And Scripture says, hey, if you're a toe, a toe is important. It balances the body, doesn't it? Not one part of the body is more important than the other. We need each other. That's the way God created us. Johnny Cash had a song years ago. I used to love to listen to Johnny Cash. Flesh and blood needs flesh and blood. That's the way God created us. We need each other. We need the church. There's no such thing in Scripture as the lone Christian out there tilting against windmills, saving the world for Christ. No. The gospel was given to the church. Salvation comes through the church. I am starting to realize why the Catholic Church, I don't agree with him, why the Catholic Church could say there is no salvation outside the church. Scripture bears that out. The Scripture is given to the church. Communion, the Lord's Supper, is given to the church as means of grace. Christ died for the church, for the elect, for the bride of Christ. Woe to you if you wound her. Husbands generally do not take a very kind look at someone who abuses their wife. It cuts them to the quick. They become one with their wife. That's the way God has created man, the human being, male, to protect his family. Women protect their family too, don't misunderstand. But you ever notice that men always want to fix things, <laughs> even if you can't be fixed. We we just have this thing, and we got to fix it. We got we got the the wife will say, "But you can't fix that." Well, there's got to be a way to fix it, because if I can't fix it, I can't. You know, I don't know what to do. I don't know if you women understand, but we men are strange creatures. 
<laughs> Who do you think our model is for service? Take a wild guess. Scripture says that no man has seen God at any time. And it says Moses saw the back of God. I think Moses saw Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time, but Jesus explains him, reveals him. You want to know what God is like? Look to Christ. You want to know what man is supposed to be? Look to Christ. Don't judge yourself by me. You will always look better. But judge yourself by Christ with righteous judgment. And don't be down in the mouth all the time because, brothers and sisters, we do a few things correctly by the grace of God and His help. When you take inventory, when you look within yourself to see if you owe an apology or something, you have good, you have bad. Thank God for His grace where you obey Him and lament where you disobey Him. You and I both know that if we truly loved Christ, we would change instantly. But our love is not perfect either, but His is. If we're unfaithful, He will be faithful. He didn't withhold salvation when I sin and I do sin. He doesn't cast me out. He doesn't take his spirit from me. The spirit grieves. We can grieve the spirit. The spirit is a person just like you and me. Well, not like you and me, but he has the, you know what I'm saying? He's, he has the attributes of a person. He thinks, he feels. God is an amazing being. We will never comprehend him. Jesus relinquished his place in heaven. Think of this. He's face to face with the Father. He shares the glory of the Father. The angels are worshiping him. And he gives that up and comes down here. To a dusty town in Judea that doesn't have street lights or sewage. He comes down and becomes a human. Before he became a man, what was it? He's an embryo in the womb of a young woman. Almighty God becomes a split cell. He becomes his creation. Or he takes the form of his creation. And he refused his prerogative. I have never understood how he could be both God and man. But I don't understand why one and one makes two. So it shouldn't surprise me that I don't understand God. Because I don't, I don't even understand my wife. 
I would be too. She runs AC, I run DC. <laughs> Together it's electric. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, too old for that, too old. <laughs> but I remember <laughs> his privilege. He made himself of no reputation. When he walked the earth, they only knew about him locally. I, I, I can't get my mind around that. Why you would? It's sort of like voluntarily, if you were a zillionaire, voluntarily just giving it all up to go down into the to the slums to minister to the to the winos and those who are who are downpressed. Can you imagine doing? Give up everything you have today, go down to Skid Row. And minister to those people. And even then, I don't think we've come close to what Christ has done. Out of the love for the Father and love for us, it says that for the joy set before him, Christ endured the cross. What was the joy? I think it was obedience to the Father. And you, you are his joy. For whatever reason, he has chosen to love us unconditionally. Love is not earned. It is given freely. Most love in this world is you do this and I do that. And then I will do, even in marriages, God saves us. It's not marriage. It's not love. It's a business arrangement. God forgive us. We don't know how to love. God must teach us how to love. The Holy Spirit must come upon us. We must be born again. Christ restricted his presence. For those 33 years, he was in time and space. The God who existed forever and ever and ever and ever, said, I will live in time and in space. I will not be in heaven in the face of my Father while I walk the earth. I will give. Can you imagine that? I don't know of anyone who's been to heaven who's come back and said, gee, I think I'll go back and help out the human race. Why? Because they can't. They can't help out the human race. I cannot help the human race. Did you ever stop and think for a moment? Jesus went back to heaven to be with the Father. He left the duty of telling the world about the gospel about him to us. To us. He didn't stick around to do it. Why? I don't know. You have to take that up with him. He left us the responsibility knowing that we couldn't do it. So what did he say? I will send you a comforter. I will send you the Holy Spirit. Scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. 
And who with the Father and the Son is together is worshipped and glorified. We worship the Spirit when we worship God. We worship the Son when we worship God. In the parts of the current uh, marketing, it's a package deal. You cannot separate them. You cannot divide them. All of God is in all that God does. All of God was in creation. All of God is in redemption. All of God is in sanctification. Scripture tells us that the Father raised Christ from the dead. The Spirit raised Christ from the dead. And Christ raised himself from the dead. We need to understand that the church is one of the most sublime words in our language. It is the church that Christ came to save. It is the church that Christ works through. Pray the Lord of the harvest that he will send laborers into the harvest. Listen, try to understand what I'm going to say now. Please understand. We spend a lot of time praying for the health of each other, and that is good. We need to spend some time just praying and worshiping God for who he is and saying, please, for your name's sake and for the sake of Jesus Christ, send more harvesters into the harvest. Send me. Let others see Christ in me. They will either be attracted or repelled. It's not my responsibility to know which. Give me the grace, please, Father. Tear down my inhibition. And let us say to those whom we meet, God loves you. And I'm wild about you. And then let us pray that the Father will pour upon his spirit upon us so that we do not look like idiots in front of people. We don't look like idiots anyway if we're Christians. But you know what I'm saying? You can't tell. Don't put on your car, Jesus loves you, and then cut the person off in traffic. That does nothing for the glory of God. Either take it off or don't, don't cut them off. If people know you're a Christian, they will watch you. And every now and then they'll say something silly like, I didn't know a Christian could do that. Whatever that is, you know. Yeah, we can do that. Don't tell another person how to worship God. Unless they're completely off the rail. You know what I'm saying. Christmas is when we celebrate Almighty God becoming a human being. To seek and to save you and me. Jesus told Pilate, remember what he told Pilate, the reason he came to earth? To bear witness to the truth. That's what he said. I said, I'm here. What's truth? The word of God. That's truth. We need to look or be able to look at the world through the eyes of Christ. That is reality. There is no other reality that how Christ perceives. It's been said, and I, I understand it, that 
someone's perception of reality, that's their reality. And they will live accordingly. They live in a fool's paradise. The word of God is reality. God is reality. What he expects of us is reality. If we could look through the world through the eyes of Jesus, see the suffering. People are dead in their trespasses and sin, as we were. But Christ came that we might have life and that we might have it in abundance. This Christmas season, I wish you the very best that God has to offer. I don't know if you will go to the Lord through a path that is easy. Very few of us probably will do. If you love people, if you love Christ, you will suffer with him as you watch people around you. Those that are related to you by blood who have not come to the acknowledgement that Jesus Christ is Lord. If it doesn't wound your heart, it's good to be back. If the Lord wants me, He knows where I am. I was thinking the other night, I'm approaching 80 here. Whoa. I am for the first for the first for the first 40 years we all have what I like to call BC before Christ before Christ and then we're washed in the blood and we we enter AD the, the, the grace but back in BC you know Paul said make my joy complete he's in prison when he writes this epistle there were a couple I think Corinthians I can't remember. I think four of them he was in prison. Make my joy complete. Well, now, if you've ever been a guest of the county to make your joy complete, you'll want to be sprung. (laughs) I want to be on the other side of that wall. (laughs) But what does Paul say? Does he say, I I, I want to be free? Paul said something that I want to close with. And I've come to appreciate it more and more. Scripture says that he says I learned obedience. I learned to be content. I've read that the proper way to say this, I have been taught to be content in everything. To learn, I could learn without being taught. In other words, I could read it. But to be taught means there's another person there teaching me. I have been taught to be content by whom? Jesus. So for this Christmas season, I pray that you're content all the days of your life. Let's pray and then we could go to Revelations or whatever it is the pastor has for us. Eternal Father, we love you, but our love is is not the love of perfection. We, our sinful nature is such. Jesus understands because I think it's in Hebrew it says that he, 
He came to earth and he's been tempted every way that we are. He felt the same emotions there. He probably from time to time wasn't 100% sure of what was going on, but he still trusted you. In Romans, you, you say that you will work all things to our good. For those of us who are called according to your purpose, and your purpose is singular, and the next verse tells us what your purpose is, to be conformed to the image of Christ. Father, please, please, heal our minds so that we do not complain as you are forming us into the likeness of Christ. And when we wake up through death, through the birth canal into eternal life, and we see Jesus for who he is, and we are known as we are known. Oh, happy day. We look forward to that day, but until then, between now and then, Lord, do not cast us away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from us. Remember that we are frail. We love you. And in the innermost recesses of our hearts, we cry to you, Abba, Father. Thank you for creating us, redeeming us, and sanctifying us. And Lord, haste the day when our faith shall be sight. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.